Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Financial literacy is something that I take very seriously, only because through various chapters of my life, I've had to come across the fact that something as uh, arcane as, you know, finances and, you know, the stock market and real estate and investments are just minding your own personal budget and balance sheet and allocation of your resources and debt and versus, you know, dispensable income and, you know, just manage your budget and see what how much money you make. And all those questions are stuff that are not just left up to bankers and, you know, quote unquote adults, but it's something that is within the realm of everybody. If you're just like anything that merits your success, willing to put in the time and effort towards your own individual journey and your own individual path. I say this a lot. And finances are not anything set aside. It's definitely something that more people should pay more attention to. Everybody talks about money. Everybody wants to talk about making more money or managing money better or complaining about not making enough money. But do we like everything else, whether it's your weight, whether it's your job, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your health, you have to take inventory and take into account your own responsibility into the process of asking yourself, are you doing the necessary steps or even just the basics into ensuring your own personal financial health? And the further we go along in life, we realize that certain things, just a few seeds sown over the you know, over a very slow and progressive amount of time will eventually reap some very, very profitable rewards. So that is definitely something that really resonated with me when I started listening um, to the Two Black Guys with Good Credit podcast. And my next guests, uh, both Mr. Sean Linda, Arlington Forbes, and Dion Nichols, uh, three very interesting individuals who I've been listening to for a good amount of two years. Uh, I've been faithfully listening to their podcast, which is a gem of, uh, of a find in terms of both content and uh, energy in terms of, you know, just empowering people and trying to demystify the sometimes daunting and, you know, a little bit fearful uh, content that is, you know, your own personal finance. It's not in any way like anything you've ever heard, and it's definitely brought on by a team of people who definitely have made it their mission to bring you quality, human, 
and very accessible information in terms of helping you build your own individual confidence and your own individual wealth uh, because it's all about building your success over time. Uh, these guys were a gem uh, to have over uh, on the podcast, so I'm very grateful uh, for their individual individual time and availability. It was a certainly extraordinary conversation, and yes, I am fangirling just a little bit, you know, because when you meet people that you've actually been listening to for a good part of two years, you can only be grateful and just a little bit, you know, giddy about uh, the exchange. So it's definitely, as always, a terrific exchange that I'm really proud of, and I definitely hope that you guys will enjoy. So let's not stretch it out any longer. Awaken the Awesome, episode 41 with two black guys with good credit. Here we go. I really, no, I really mean this. I'm all about sincerity, and I really want to thank you for your time and availability, guys. So it's really, it was really big deal for me. Um, what I want to get into, personal story, just so you guys can understand where I'm coming from. A um, couple of years back, and this is like really personal here, uh, I was in between, let's just say, chapters in my life. Um, I was like trying to decide what I was going to do. Was I staying in Montreal in college? Because the first two semesters wasn't really doing too well. A lot of personal stuff was going on in my life. So, that was like, you know, I, was really, I wasn't really doing well in class. And then I was like at a point where I was trying to decide midway, was I going back to Haiti and trying you know, to restart like, you know, another type of academic thing. All right. And mm -hmm. all this to say that I, in Montreal, I was about like 40 something thousand dollars in debt, in school debt. And I'm in the States, uh, staying over with family, and I'm in that limbo stage right now. I was like, okay, what am I doing? I, was, I had a couple of weeks off, and I was staying with an aunt in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. And this is the beauty of a naivete of being young, right? I had nothing to do. I had, I had nothing, aside from the den and a lot of dark clouds in my head. I went, a lot to the, I went to the library one day, and I saw this book called The, um, the Automatic Millionaire by this gentleman called David Bach. And I had nothing to do, right? It's like, okay, what is this about? And then he just basically ran down some different, because I read about the preface, he was on Oprah, and he talked to you about automation and make it automatic, and, you know, how one coffee a day, you know, that little coffee and bagel you have every day just to please yourself can amount to a lot in over the course of one year. And this is my initiation to personal finance. And when you hear about these concepts, and you think about, you know, when you're young, and you're just trying to have fun and you're trying to, you know, just like, you know, enjoy your life, you know, just have your little part time job and just like you know, just go to the movies. You don't realize that you have it in your hands, this great opportunity to set yourself up for some great financial success. So this is why that really resonated with me when I met Dion, lady with the facts. Yes. Talking about helming, you know, this terrific financially clean youth, you know, program and, you know, trying to educate the youth into personal finance, which is why, you know, when she told me that I saw myself back in that time where, you know, had I known, you know, all this simple information, because this is not dark magic, this is not a dark art. And I was just wondering right off the bat, how did this financial, financially clean venture go about? Sean, if you want to take it up, how did, how did, how did, how did this come about? Well, trials, tribulations, progression. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, oh, yeah, well, how did uh, the podcast itself. I mean, we'll, we'll, let's focus on the podcast because financial, financially clean, our nonprofit started on another avenue. But the podcast <laughs> really came yeah. about. Um, I would go visit that man on the other end of the phone, Arlington. I I had a wholesaling business. I was in California. I would say like once a month, and when I, I would go there. I would stay by his house and, and his rental fee to me was I'd have to have these long drawn out conversations with him at night while we walked, while we walked his dog around the neighborhood. And those numbers, those conversations mostly were fine. Were, were finance based because we were at the time in our youth where we were trying to buy property. We we're trying to invest and just figure out the right direction to go. So Arlington was always somebody that I could, um, could throw things at because he always had a different perspective than I had a more, you know, we always, you know, we were like the Jekyll and the Hyde. So we would really talk to like three, four in the morning, like just about oh wow things you couldn't even and, and we bring in. He always had his mystery friends that I've still have yet to meet. There's Derek, wow. the broker guy. There's his accountant friend. So he'd wait for me to come back and bring in another perspective from some anonymous guy that I've I still have yet to meet, and and then we would just add to it. So then when I was teaching um, my nonprofit, and we would always get you know like you said we taught a lot of kids. The teachers and adults would ask us for financial information and you know Dion and i wanted to really make it focused our program focused on the kids 
So we thought of another avenue and outlet which we could teach adults um, financial literacy. So I came up with the idea, let's do a podcast. I actually, one, one of my friends invited me to a podcast. It was an open mic podcast. And I don't know, I think, you know, I always believe God and you work as a tandem because he mm-hmm. just inspired me. I, I kind of rushed Dion that same night. I'm like, Dion, let's do a podcast. Then I called Arlington, who is my um, co- confident in crime. And he was like, okay, let's let's do it. We had no experience. Um, and then- <laughs> Why'd your voice have to go up like that? Like, I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> literally, that's how you sound. And um, yeah, we we, 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 we kind of put our, our heads together and tried to come up with a concept that we thought would be good. And I don't know even how we even got into the direction of finance, but we said, let's do what we always do, make it our normal conversation that we would have and just share it with the world. And that's kind of how that's it began. Amazing. And it kind of took off. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So Arlington, so you just ran with it. You know, your boy just shows up and say, okay, let's do a podcast. And you're just like, you know, you just, let's just go with it. Like, fine. So how, how, how did you receive that idea? Um... Well, normally, you know, like Sean said, over the years, we've talked about doing many ventures together. And as he said, we're, we're similar. Our goals are similar, but our um, path is usually different. And um, so over the years, we've said, no, no, not the right thing. No, can't do that. no not doing that. So this time when he called, I, which he, I, he called me about it, I said, you know what? Instead of saying no, say yes. So I said, okay. And I, had, I at the time had listened to a lot of podcasts, but I really didn't know how they were made. So I just decided, um, I said, okay, you know, let's do it. And we'll, we'll figure it out. And I kind of went from there. It's, sometimes you can't say no to everything. Sometimes it's good to just say yes. You just go ahead and you just like, you know, just throw your hat in the game and just make it happen. Just jump into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> I think that speaks a lot, you know, to audacity and, you know, something that probably resonates with all of us in terms of a lot of people, um, in my own experience, that you try to just like, you think so much about all the obstacles and all the time and like, okay, what could go wrong? Or how do I do this? Or I got no money, I got no experience. And, you know, lo and behold, a lot of people, and I heard this a lot through all the conversation I've had so far, don't spend too much time thinking just do it and eventually mm-hmm. you'll figure it out you can only do by doing and yeah. i'm just throwing this to you Ms. Ms. Dion's like you know what was the first experience like you know the f- episode one and just you know okay when you guys decided like okay let's do this and let's make this happen how did you resonate how, how, did, how did that come how, how do you uh, how did you feel about the first uh, the first few episodes well i'll tell you this um you have sean on one extreme and you have arlington on the other um, I, and then I guess I'm somewhere in the middle, but okay. when, when we come together, I mean, it, it, we work, we do really work well together and we started off by doing mock shows. So actually we didn't just oh, really? start. I forgot about that. You're right. We, yeah. So we, we took our time to really figure out how we want to flow the content. Um, we always had that, that, um, concept in mind of, using that that barbershop casual feel uh somehow i still don't know i can't remember till this day how they came up with the idea of the lady with the facts to kind of buffer it all bring a little structure to it and balance it it worked really well (laughs) but yeah but we we actually did some mock shows uh to really kind of Mm -hmm. test the waters first before we started taping okay what kind of equipment we needed um And a lot of people didn't know, I don't think, at first that literally we started off with a, a laptop and a mic. None of us were in the same city at the time. Wow. Um, and we figured out a way to, you know, use a, you know, a, a program called Zoom to basically so we could see all of, each, all of us at the same time uh-huh. and um, get the energy and the chemistry that we would get when we're all together. And finally, I think, what was it, maybe after a couple of months of kind of rehearsing it, finding somewhere to host it. I mean, I had to figure out how to, how to put a podcast on iTunes. We had no clue. Um, right. But like wow. you said, you figure it out as you go, you know, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. But it's, it's, that is something that I believe and correct me if I'm wrong. We live in an age where no matter 
bar none, like depending on some very arcane topics, the information to do whatever it is you want to think about is available. Mostly yes. for free. If you're yes. willing to put in the time, the information is there. It's something that, and a lot of people don't take that into account because, and just like financial, uh, financial wealth, it's something that was, you build over time. You can't just be an expert from day one. You have to be willing to put in the time. And mm-hmm. was that something that you guys were aware, like starting in, like, you know, we're going to put out the best and most awesome, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to shoot for $1 million on the first episode. Or were you realistic about your expectations? <laughs> That's funny. Sean? I was thinking we were very realistic and in the fact that we really, I mean, up, for most of our, our time on air, we've been focusing on the content. It wasn't about, the, as you said, the likes and the follows. It was really about putting out strong content. That's precious. Yeah, but then you get But as you grow now, because as we've grown and we've really taken up, you know, the momentum has been really good for us. That's that's what everybody wants to know now. So you kind of almost default to the corporate side now, where you're like checking numbers because everybody that wants to get with us, everybody wants to run ads, everybody wants to be in the show. They're always asking what our numbers are, what our numbers are. So it's hard to now as you grow to stay even grounded at that point. Where like we're gonna just focus on content and not focus on the numbers because the first year, like Arlington and Dion said, we just wanted to put out quality shows. And, you know, and, and we were not even looking at the numbers, to be quite frank. So but now you're kind of compelled to look at them a little. Well, I think in the first yeah. year, part of it, too, was wrapping our head around how to make a podcast. What we had, one of the things we haven't mentioned is that what we had is we have myself, Sean, and Dion on the front end, but then we have a gentleman named Matt that edits the show and then my wife produces the show. Canvas Malibu. Yes, Jack, exactly. The voice. Matt is the voice you hear. Of he's got such a radio voice. I'm yeah. sorry he's not on because I want to congratulate him on that. He's got such an amazing radio voice, man. He's got a Crazy. good voice. But what you had is three people that came out of television. So we knew mm-hmm. how to make television shows we just didn't know how to make a podcast and we mm-hmm. took some of the television knowledge and applied it to a podcast. But we quickly, we quick, quickly learned on the front end that a podcast is more like a radio show than a TV show. So then we had to change gears. And so as Dion said, we were practicing and taking our time learning how to make this thing better. So we would do a show, then we would critique the show and implement the changes, then do another show, then critique the show and implement changes and, and, and um, concepts and, um, you know, just different. Um, so you're really tools. learning as you go. Yeah, different tools to make the show function better week after week. And so by doing that and by staying true to what Sean's initial goal was, which he wanted to make finance something relatable and fun and educational. So by doing those it, things, it got better. If I'm just doing it on this one, uh, if you look back, let's just say maybe like, you know, since the humble beginnings to now, um, how, how basically, if you're looking basically, you know, if you're looking back into time, what advice would you give, you know, you guys in the beginning that, you know, better knowledge that you have now? Because you always want to look back and say, okay, I probably would have done this differently, probably would have done this differently. Any any lessons of wisdom you've learned so far? Um, get along. <laughs> you know, make sure that you, <laughs> um, you know, I think we all have a lot of creativity, creativity, energy, creative energy. And we all have strong personalities. So um, finding a common ground was challenging it sometimes. But I think we all would learn, like, sometimes, you you know, you got to take one for the team. Okay. um, So is it a room full of egos or? (laughs) Well, is that somebody, is that somebody's name, Ego? Maybe Arlington Ego? Maybe, yeah. Arlington Ego is in the room. Sean Com was there all the time. Sean Com is always there. Sean Com. Sean Com. Oh, I like that one. Sean Com. 
Sean Puffy comment. Oh, man. Yeah. That's funny. I think what Sean is saying, and I, I do agree, it's like in a creative process, when you have a team, it's about figuring out the best way to share your creative vision without running over someone else's creative vision or without um, undermining their creative vision. So it's, and, and like Sean was saying, yeah, well sometimes you have to take one for the team. Sometimes your vision may be good, but that person's vision may be better. Or maybe you can, so you have to go with that. Or sometimes you can bring the two pieces together, you know? So it's a lot of compromise and it's a lot of staying focused again on the goal, which is the goal is to make a great show because at the end, it's one name, two black guys with good credit, and it's the show. People aren't, it doesn't matter, like they say, right? If you score all the points and you lose the game, you still lost. You still lost. Yeah. A loss is a loss. It has to be a collaborative yeah. effort. When you're younger and you hear these bands breaking up, New Edition broke up, you're like, how does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> how does it happen? <laughs> we kind of understand. And just on a positive note, though, we've stayed together. We, you know, not to say anything, but we've just learned how, you know, I've learned how to work with your friends that are all extremely bright. And how it's, everybody can get, you know, can add value to something. So, yeah, it's been a. It's, so it's been not a, just one sided. It's not just one team, one person effort. You know exactly. No, when I first time, I was like, I got this. Here's what we're gonna do. How we're gonna do it. And then after learning, like you know, you don't got it, Sean. You gotta like, you gotta listen to other people too because they all have great ideas. Just throwing a question to Ms. Dion this time around. Um, what have been, if you would, if you call them like, you know, the biggest challenges so far into growing again, we're, we're always, cause Sean mentioned that a little bit, uh, a little bit earlier about trying to, you know, trying to grow, uh, trying to remain consistent, but also trying to remain authentic and true to yourself. How, how do you balance those challenges? Um, it's actually a, a good question because as we are growing now, um, it's, it's a, Great that we're getting um, fan mail, which is wonderful. And we're also getting a lot of um, opportunities now coming our way, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really being able to weed out and figure out what's in alignment with our vision and goal for the show. So it's really trying to be selective of what really, you know, is authentic to who we are. So that's a challenge. Um, and just kind of sifting through it all. You know, you don't, you don't want to alienate those who, you know, like love and support your show, but we realize at the same time, we can't be everything to everyone. Um, we can't say yes to everything. Um, so I think that's an interesting challenge for us, you know, um, figuring out with all these different exciting things that come along that, you know, is it really right for two black guys? You know, being, you know, trying to be stay true to the brand, right? How about you, Sean? What would you, what would you say would be a big, a big challenge? Right. I mean, to me, the challenge that I'm always this has always been for me in business one on one is just I'm about growth. You know, I'm really, you know, strongly goal oriented and about growth, and I want us to reach everybody in the world to know about credit and understand how it works and. I want two black guys to be a household name and I want everybody to get our message, you know? So to me, you know, when Arlington always keeps me grounded, you know, he says famous line, you got to date. One more time for the back. Arlington keeps you, you grounded. To, yeah. You got to date before you get married. You got to date before you get married. You got to date. <laughs> Can we just date a little Sean Whitey? So like to me, every opportunity, I'm trying to find the best angle, how to exploit, how to. See how my voice is super deep there? I started out high a couple questions ago, and now it's super deep. Every opportunity, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find the best angle, how to make it work. Then I can tell Dion, and Dion just, you know, yeah, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And Arlen's just like, hey, slow your roll. So, um, yeah, the hardest challenge for me is, like, is figuring out navigating, because everything has its course, and figuring out what, what is our best course, what, who should we work with, who should we not work with, which direction should we go? So that's, and it's, you know, a lot of it is trial and error and, you know, listen to people. Because now people come on that want to come on board with us. Most of the time it's on a corporate setting and you see everybody has their hidden agenda. Uh -huh. so it's really trying to figure out um, what's the best course of action and really try not to make any mistakes along the way. I think that's my uh, greatest challenge. I'm always going to have this inner game going on in my head. I don't even know what the score is, but 
somebody's losing, somebody's win. I just can't figure out who. But that's that's a good one. That's a really good one. But um, what I want to throw you guys as well is the fact that, and I've never hidden this because I talk about it all the time. I share as much as I can. I listen to all these episodes. One thing that really resonates seriously is the if I could say the human centered aspect of what you guys put out, because those are very short shows, except from the really like, you know, long one, like the one for Stephen Hightower was a longer show, obviously, <laughs> but, um, but it was definitely worth it. It was a gem. It was definitely a gem because uh, the gentleman definitely show? has a lot so far. Uh, man, there's so many, so many, cause I've listened so far. Um, real estate was one rent really? versus buy. Definitely one. Uh, yeah, um, I enjoy. Uh, yeah, because uh, for me personally, because I always tried because I went from the chapter of renting. Then we got married, had the kid, bought the house. And then we're like, OK, how would we get a set? Because my wife was always curious about how would be how would we go about getting a second property or like, you know, probably probably if we like bought the house and went back to renting, rented the house, a bunch of stuff that you ask yourself, obviously. And then sometimes it becomes so intimidating. You don't even think about it ever again and then i listened to this was like you guys and then you simplify and like you don't it's definitely something you have to do your homework on that's what i got away from it but it's totally accessible to everybody it's not like i said it's not a dark art you just have to be willing to put in the knowledge and the work you know dark and that's always something that resonates with every episode which is something that you know that i believe that people should really respond well you know should really take a second to understand that you know financial uh literacy is primary especially in this day and age where basically the institutions and the system are trying to keep you down and basically you know again there's the game is rigged against you and it's unfortunate but it's true that's how i see it you know but um a lot of good episodes. no really good one the the totally deciphering um 444 I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that one. Um, and I said this already. Uh, somebody needs to work on their flow. Um, but I'm not saying who. I'm not saying who. I'm not saying who. But I just, I just thought I'd throw it in there. But it's all love. We're, it's all love well, in here. I, just, I, was really, I was really just trying to make a point. I'm glad you got the message there, Olivier, that, you know, I was trying to break the stereotype that all black people just don't sing and dance. Like, if you really want to flow, I could have pulled it out. But I was just you trying to break it. the stereotype with that show. You know, you broke it, bro. I broke it. You broke it for sure. <laughs> but it's definitely um, with with the catalog of shows I've worked so far. Uh, it's been a, a very, very good, consistent. In that point, from my own personal perspective, it's been a very consistent flow of production and content. So in that sense, you guys are definitely you know staying true to your course. And in terms of you know favorite shows, I definitely see that everybody has a little something they can find in there. Whatever what whatever your intention for your own you know financial path, you know it's important. It's important to actually yeah. take into account that you have it within you to learn. And what type of feedback that you guys get, you know, generally, like, you know, okay, do you get, uh, do you have a particular demographic, you know, in terms of your response? Ms. Dion, like, you know, what type of fan mail do you get exactly? Well, I will say this. It's quite diverse, whether it's okay. um, a young person who's buying their first investment property to um, a mom out in Kansas who, you know, is trying to get her credit back in order. Um, it's across the board in terms of uh, nationality, and ethnicity, age group. Uh, we have a, a gentleman who is now actually teaching with us. So he's, he was a podcast fan who's now become an instructor here in our classroom. And we now call him Mr. 850. And he's a Westing okay. man retired who loved our, loves our show. You know, so it, it really is across the board, which is great. Um, we actually had a young man come in and sit, down, sit in on a podca uh, podcast taping. And he was in his 20s, young entrepreneur. Okay. Um, had just moved from, was it Haiti? So, yeah, it's great to see um, how diverse our audience is in age, in ethnicity, income, uh, and stage in life. You know, it's it really is. great. It yeah. is great. It is great. Yeah. This is something that Sean mentioned. I don't remember which episode, 
But a little known tidbit, so we're just talking about practical tips, okay? A lot of people, when they talk about, okay, trying to save, trying to just like, you know, trying to build, you know, financial legacy, you know, because they talk a lot about generational wealth. You guys talk about a lot about that one. See, I listen. Um, but, <laughs> Uh, when we talk about about you know building wealth and building a legacy of being this this being a marathon not a sprint the little concept of you can learn to live without that's something that keeps a lot of people that a lot of people just flies over people's heads is that something that's still happening a lot of people kind of think like okay yeah but you know i, I have to pay this but i have to pay that you realize that a little ten dollars here and a little five dollars there goes a long way am i mistaken no, you're absolutely right. You can learn to live without. It's the small sacrifices that will give you the large gains. And, you know, as, you know, truth be told, I'm still learning to live without. I still sacrifice all the time, you know, and I, you know, and it, but it, 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 it creates a discipline. You know, when I was flipping properties, I purposely didn't furnish my house, you know, because I didn't want to get comfortable. I wanted to keep that hunger in me. And I think mm -hmm. every now and then, every now and then you always need to get yourself to a point where you have to like, you have to push yourself and sacrifice something for the betterment of yourself to keep that discipline. You know, like I recently started doing yoga and that like that, just trying to get these moves and all the, everybody around me to me, looks like they're moving like swans is like that new challenge in my head. I have to get this. I have to get this, you know? So you have to um, focus and challenge yourself and push yourself and your mind and your body and your spirit to the next level. That's how you're going to achieve wealth and success and happiness. And even Arnold and I were talking about it today, you know, not to get all, you know, not to get too deep into things, but really success is really just defined by happiness and money really just help will helpfully help find that happiness for you. Cause you know, my good friend of ours in 20 years says, you know, Sean, I just want to travel, travel. And you know, it's more important to me than money, more important than anything else. And really, so the, the question is, how do we allow finance, his financial situation, to allow him mm -hmm. to travel? Simple. It's not about how much money he has in the bank. It's like, you know, I just want to travel. And um, What is success to you? How do you reach your why? You know, your thing? Being on your show, man. Come on. This is success right here. Shoot. I'm on a weekend. I'm on a weekend. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, man. I really yeah, this, appreciate this it. This is the pinnacle right here, dude. <laughs> but seriously, uh, one thing I wanted to throw, um, and this is something that I really thought about today. Um, Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In terms of uh, really in preparing for the show, and that's one question that just, that, that just flew by my mind because I really run with the most random ideas in my head. And um, Arlington, I'm going to throw it to you. Why is it that, you know, in terms of when someone is, you know, on setting themselves on a path towards success and financial freedom, why is it that inevitably you will have 
naysayers and distractors and people are just like trying like you know like you know she's too important like you know he's trying to just like separate us we'll just call them haters that's inevitable and how do we contend with these people because that happens you know when these are close you know friends or family relatives you know it's just you just they become toxic to your journey how do you wrestle with that cut them off <laughs> I believe like the reason the reason why Sean and I had all those talks is because we had a relationship like I said we had the same goals we just may have had a different approach and so we found uh I would say comfort in being able to talk to each other because I could say hey this is what's going on in my world I'm trying to buy this house and launch this business and he could say the same about what he's doing because and we we wanted we we realized in our friendship we wanted to see each other win right uh-huh. so I want to see you win so if you're telling me this is what you're trying to do, I'm supporting you. And like they say in life, if you don't have, if your inner circle isn't supporting you, get a new circle. Don't just sit in that circle and let them drag you down. And, you okay. know, you know what I mean? Your, 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 your group needs to uplift you because we don't all know the answers. And that's, that's what Sean and I went through. That's why he might say to me, you know, you can go to your real estate agent and say this, and then I'd go bounce it off another friend of mine who was in real estate. Then I'd come back and be like, no, you can't actually say that. You can say this. And then he might take it and use it. Or he, you know what I mean? So we were lifting each other up because we wanted to see each other win. And if he won, then I learned through what he did. And if I won, he learned through what I did. So I'm saying if you have haters in your car, dump them because you have one life and it's too short to have naysayers in your circle. Your circle needs to lift you up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. That's powerful. That's powerful because it is something that you wrestle with and there's something that you know you have to admit to yourself that sometimes maybe somebody doesn't have the same vision, doesn't have the same mindset, yeah. and it's okay. You know, some people... Yeah. Some people just want to be, you know, in their little bubble. And yeah. it's something that I encounter, whether in terms of, you know, personal tastes or values or just overall vision towards your own financial freedom or financial wealth. And a lot of people are just not in that mindset. And sometimes you wrestle with that because these are people that you care about. These are people who are, you know, the part of your life. And then you have to admit to yourself that these are toxic. This is a source of self-toxicity and they cannot help you. They say Um, if you're going to be successful, you have to align yourself with like-minded individuals. And that doesn't mean people that think exactly like you think. One of the reasons Sean and I talk so much is because I know he has a different approach than I do. So I want to hear what he would do and see if it works against what, you know, it'll offset or change what I would do and vice versa. But at the end of the day, we were going towards a goal of, financial independence, financial success, entrepreneurism, defining our own workspace, life space, you know what I mean? Figuring these things out. So yeah, if if your group isn't thinking like you, and in the process, we cut people off. We can both say in the process, there are people that started out with us that are not here. Yeah, because you you get to that point, like how much am I going to, how much of this am I going to take? Like, I'm trying to move this way. And every time I call dude, dude's just like, why are you doing that? You know, you know that kind of conversation. Why do you want to do that? What's wrong with just what you have now? You don't need that. You want someone to say, hey, yeah, that sounds great. Where is that? How do you do it? You know what? I know someone that might be able to help. That's what you want. You need to surround yourself with someone who builds you up. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm taking notes here. I swear to God, I'm taking notes. Want to throw one past Miss Dion this time? Yes. Um, again, still in pre- still in preparation for the episode, um, and I realized something. And this is just again with you know when success and you know um, being a mindset first and foremost, not just about you know the size of your bank account, but it's also a mindset. And um, just want to get your touch on this in terms of why is it that the term or the assumption of wealth sometimes puts people off in terms of like you're saying it's kind of taboo. You hear the word wealthy and it's like, okay, what's this problem? You know, it's like, why is it that, you know, everybody, because the thing is, I realize that successful people want to see you succeed. Okay. But quote unquote, poor people, for some reason, 
tell you, tell you like, you know, don't, 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 don't like slow your roll, you know, stay in your lane, you know, just, just stay proper. You're good. Why is it that the concept of being wealthy, like Sean puts it a lot, you know, about generational wealth, building wealth as a legacy, like, you know, leaving, leaving, you know, wealth for your children and everything. Why is that concept like, you know, just, just so awkward and so frightening to some people when you think that, you know, um, who said it? And I read this from uh, Rev Run of Run DMC. He said, like, you know, it's hard to help poor people when you're one of them. (laughs) I just wanted you to touch on that, Ms. Dion, if possible. Funny you should say that. I actually just read a quote today that people who are doing better than you aren't going to criticize you. It's the ones that aren't doing so well. They're going to try and pull you down. So with regards to wealth and why is it such a dirty word? A lot of it is conditioning, just whether it's family, whether it's just um, societal, that for some reason, oh, he's rich, he, he's out of touch, or he had a, 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 you know, a silver spoon. There's something, I'm not sure why, but there's this derogatory or negative co- um, connotation around the thought of thinking about money or being wealthy. Mm-hmm. And it is just about getting to the root, as you said before, and start talking to, you know, generations at a, at a younger stage in their lives. Um, it's about planting the seed that one thing, wealth can look like whatever it is for you with, re- whether it's health. I mean, you health is wealth. For some people, you know, there's not even one, just one definition of wealth for one. And two, um, when you think about wealth and how that can have uh, rippling effects for generations to come, um, if you just start, you just start, start today that you can change the life of your, whether it's your children, your grandchildren and so on. Um, just taking a more positive, we, we actually did a show, as you know, about black, black power, money power, you know, Uh we're not leaving wealth behind for our children in terms of our, our demographic, you know, and we need to take notes from the other, you know, um, the other, um, um, the group groups because we shouldn't be leaving our kids in a negative you know it's it's really about changing like you said the mindset that it's not a bad thing by actually thinking from a a wealth or expansive mindset you're only helping um generations family units communities It, it it just changes everything so um I guess that's my take on it. Sean, you want to touch on that in terms of how, why the term or the entire concept, the assumption of wealth is always, always so um, noted with a little bit of distance or condescension. Like, okay, what, what is the big deal? Like, you know, why is everybody trying to just, you know, what is it about wealth? Like, you know, because again, you would think that most people would want to actually, you know, exceed to that level of, you know, independence, comfort, you know, for, not, I'm not going to use the word privilege, but again, comfort, because I, in my concept, wealth also gives you choices and opportunities. And that is something that I believe that everybody would want. But you always, you always get that comment of like, you know, connotation of like distance and condescension. Where does that come from? Well, I'll tell you a story. When I was young, I was probably like nine, eight, nine or ten. And, you know, I always had a wealth mindset. I knew I was going to be successful. I knew I was going to be wealthy, even though I grew up in government housing with a single mother. I just had it in me and I just felt it from young. And I remember, you know, one Christmas I was sitting with my, I would always go to my, my aunt's house and my aunt's husband was my godfather and then my cousins. And the topic came up, you know, and I told my, I told everybody at the table, yes, I'm going to be rich. I didn't know how, I didn't know what, but I just knew I was going to be rich. And my godfather sat there and he said, what makes you think you're going to be rich? You'll never do it. This is not how it works in this. This is not how it works. You know, unless you're going to be a famous basketball player or hockey player, there's no way it's happening. 
And and then every year, the running joke he would say to me, are you a millionaire yet? Are you a millionaire yet? And, you know, he passed away in 2002, actually. And I still, you know, I never really knew, is he saying this to motivate me or is he saying it just because he didn't believe it was possible? Uh-huh. My heart would like to say it was to motivate me, but my mind was probably thinking that it was just was impossible because he worked as an orderly. And he worked, he was one of those guys that worked a job that he didn't like. He just worked it to support his family. So I can't imagine how the state of mind transforms when you're doing a job for 30 plus years, which he did, going somewhere you don't want to be. You're literally cleaning other people's crap that you don't want to do. There's nothing motivating you to do this job, but you're just doing it to put food on the table for your family. How does one's mind change over time? How does one see optimism and hope and see that these things can be achieved? So um, I think most people may come from that type of background where they have positioned themselves. And I'm not even blaming society and this and that. In most cases, you have positioned yourself to be in a situation that you choose to stay in and because of that it creates this bitterness and it creates like anything like Arlen and I have been talking a lot about recently the power of the mind that how the mind can heal you know so if you're going somewhere you don't want to be there you don't like to be there and then somebody's coming to you and telling you how great life can be and how you can achieve all these things you're you don't want to hear that because your life is not there and if you don't have the mm-hmm. mind or the courage to change that self being, that environment around you, because it's not easy. The hardest thing to do in life is change. Um, try brushing your teeth in the middle of the day versus the morning. You know, Try changing your routine. It's hard to change your routine. So if you're trying to tell somebody, hey, to achieve wealth, achieve happiness, you have to change your routine. For some people, it's not an easy task. And for my godfather, it probably was an easy task, and that was him just venting. You know? So, yeah, I think... Um, Wealth is a mindset and is an action as well. You have to put in the time, but you also have to put in the thought. Yeah, absolutely. That is, see, that is very powerful. See, that's very powerful. You also have to. So you always, you always do have a choice. There's no fatality there. You have to, you have to choose. You looking for a partner on Awaken the Option, man? <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can knock it out. He's Let's make it happen. <laughs> there's more. There's, there, I can use all the help I can get. Trust me, because I, I we're getting really in some gems here. But no, but it's true. It's true because I believe, and you know, I really want to touch on this. Um, how, has there been? Has it been challenging uh, with with the kids? Because again, we're we're really talking. As you guys do a lot of teaching, you guys do a lot of you know mentoring, and then uh, in terms of you know the response or what has been, is there a common denominator between the kids that you know that you meet and that you know you support and that you know you you give a lot you give a lot of information to in terms of your your workshops and groups? What's the difference between their mentality right now, this generation of 2018 versus ours, you know, because I'm 36, you know, I have a particular mentality about, you know, being conservative and, you know, just take your time and, you know, just, you know, pay it if you can't afford it, you know, stick to your stick to your little, little circle. But what what is it that you see, like from the kids in terms of what are they asking? What are they thinking about? What, 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 what gets them going? Yeah, anyone, anyone, go with it, Sham. Well, these kids are about the now generation. There's no like, hey, let's build this plan in five years. What? Five years? In five years, they feel they'll be old and gray. So there's no, um, they, they want things now. Um, they have little patience. And I think they don't, and, uh, and they, they don't have a lot of, uh, to me, as, as great social skills. I've gone and see kids going out. I watch kids from, I've been to restaurants, see a bunch of kids sitting at a restaurant, and none of them are talking to you. They're just all on their phone. Um, but they, one thing I like about them compared to our generation, they're very entrepreneurial spirit. Like when we graduate from college, like which company are you going to work for? What companies hire you? These kids are all like, sure. I want to work for myself. I want to work for myself. I want to work for myself. I'm going to create this. I'm going to create that. So I like that mentality, but I just think they don't want, they're not really keen on listening to us old school people trying to school them a little because they feel like, you know, we're, out, we're outdated. We're the Atari. We're outdated? Yeah, we're outdated. Yeah, that's true. He actually said Atari and actually related to what he said. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Sean played Pong. (laughs) Pac-Man. Well, listen, Arlington played Marbles, okay? That was his game. That was was no Atari's own PlayStation. They're trying to get get in a hole. (laughs) That was his fun. By the time the computer came along, I was 50 already. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, Ms. Dion, if I hear if I hear Sean correctly, we're having a delicate balance of trying to, you know, give them the old school tactics for for a new school mentality. You know, just so that's a, there's a lot of wrestling going on there. You know what? I have to say, uh, yes, to a certain extent, but at the same time, they are very receptive, and I think it has a lot to do with the way we present the program. So um, one thing before we even talk about personal finance, we asked them in the very first class, what are your goals? So we actually have them put pen to paper. And we know this can look like whatever it looks like for you, right? So by the time we start talking about credit and budgeting and investing, you know, they're starting to see how it relates to them. So that's how we really start get them invested in the curriculum. So by the time the, the program is over, and it's a 12-week program, because um, as we talked about, it's about creating habits, changing a mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time we get to the end of the program, we actually revisit those goals. And then we ask them, so how would you take what you've learned in terms of these principles and apply them to your goals? So by the time they leave the program, they actually have their little blueprint, their their financial game plan tailored for them. So um, that's one aspect of how we we get them engaged. And then, of course, we do try to make it we try to make it fun. And then Sean, you know, he he does use that that same straight talk strategic approach and try to make it really practical and relatable for them. And, and that's why I do find that they are quite receptive to, to, to the information. I mean, there's times where you'll walk into a classroom and, and, I mean, they're howling. We're having such a good time. You would never think we're talking about personal finance. So, um, yes, sometimes they're like, okay, old, old fogey. But at the same time, um, <laughs> we have found a way to make it, um, again, accessible, engaging, and, and informative as well as fun. Can I add something in here? <clears throat> what we're here for. Which that, like, I'm not in the classes with Dion and Sean, but I deal with a lot of my staff that tends to be under, they're under 30, really in that, like, 26, 22 to 26 pocket. And I think the funny thing is you have to try to make the connection to young people that there's nothing really new under the sun. Even though the system may change, like you guys are using computers or calculators versus an abacus, you're still adding numbers. And numbers... A what? what? Versus a what? An abacus. You you are old school, brother. Abacus. You know what an abacus is? I don't know what it is. You just don't know what it is. An abacus. You count the numbers by sliding it across. They use it in ancient Roman days. But the point is, you're trying to show them that everything that that it's really nothing new under the sun, and that the approaches to success, the approaches to a solid financial life are the same. They're really the same. You may have slight tweaks, but the approaches are the same. And I think once you can get them to see that, then they're more open and and you make it applicable to their lives. Then they become more like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. So (laughs) as long as you make it accessible and as long as you make it something that they can relate to and just, again, demystify it, you mystify yes. it, and that's where you get them. Yeah, that's when you start Including. to see it. You know, I've taken some of my staff through like a budget. Just a budget. Like, okay, you don't think you make enough money? Okay, well, have you made a budget? No. Well, then how do you know you don't make enough money? Well, if I just had two jobs, I'd make more money. And I said to one guy, you know why most people that win the lottery go broke in a year? It's not because they don't have enough money. It's because they don't know how to budget the money they have. So they just spend and they turn around and they're like, what happened to the million? I'm like, but if you write it out, you can see what you're making and then you can see where you can save. And then you can see you're actually making enough money. It's just the choices you're making with that money. 
Uh, but there's so much work. I just got to put down numbers and put on a spreadsheet, and you have to calculate it, and then you have to allocate you know, savings versus expenditures, and then obligations versus yeah. But when you're uh, you in know, the taco truck four days a week for fifteen dollar lunches, and then you turn around, and you're like, I don't have money for gas. It's no mystery what happened to the money. You know, so it's those kinds of just those kinds of simple things you have to sometimes. Share it's with always younger the same people. Thing. It's always the same thing. Back in that period when I was doing all that reading, because then, you know, from that book, I went to another book by Ben Stein. He's like, you know, how to ruin your financial life. And then I read uh, Kiyosaki. And then I just like, you just go down the rabbit hole of like, you know, financial, personal finance. Of course, you read Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, all that stuff. Yeah. And you realize it's always the same things coming back, you know, budget. Yeah. Don't yeah. spend more than you're making. You know, yeah. keep your debts really low and then find a way to have extra income, like, you know, side jobs. And then, like, you know, again, automate. It's a very simple concept. I'm not there yet, obviously, because, again, between that period and then I had a peak and then I went down because life right. took over. We all make right. mistakes, obviously. But yeah. it's all about, you know, keeping the proper mindset. Like Sean said, you know, it's just like, you know, making sure that you're in the right mindset on the right path and making the right decisions because this yeah. is a marathon, not a sprint. You know? yeah. and, and you know that's this what makes the show good. I think that's what makes two black guys a, a very relatable show because from the beginning we decided that we're the goal is not to say we have all the answers. It's to put out there what we know. And the goal is not to say we are we are the world's greatest financial successors. It's to say <laughs> we're working on it. Just like you're working on it, we're working on it. Just like you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Just like you're thinking about it, we're thinking about it. We just may be a little older, perhaps, have had a little, um, some more experiences. And so we're going to share those with you. And then you, you know, you, you pick, you take from it what you need. Warts and all. Yeah. Warts and all. Exactly. Warts and all. Warts and all. Man. And it's, it's has generally been, you know, a very, very staple, uh, a large staple in the program. Um, from my own personal experience, at least, it's just I keep getting every single time, you know, it's the same. The, it's like it's like sitting down with your friends. It's like hearing them, like, okay, what are these two going to fight about? It's like, you know, are they going to talk about the Range Rover? <laughs> but, so, as you can see i'm a i'm a i'm a very committed follower like you know i follow you all the little tidbits and i really you got it I, I really enjoy it i really enjoy it it's definitely something that a lot of people you know again everybody has their own little nuggets that they can get from that and it's like yeah. dion said you know it's not sometimes you know it's not for everybody you know you'd rather listen to this podcast and this other podcast but hey this is us this is what we do and you know what? If you like it, fine. If you don't, you know, it's okay. But, you know, right. do you and peace, love, and happiness. Not a problem. Yeah. yeah. But you can never make every, you can never make something that satisfies everybody. No, no. You have to learn to be accepted. Yeah. That, you know, exactly. trying to be perfect, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. But, you know, we're probably reaching up on top of the hour, guys. I don't want to keep you guys too late, but it's been a genuine pleasure uh, to have you guys on. I know we could have been like, you know, gone into oblivion into this, the conversation. There's so much I want to touch on, but, you know, um, I want to close off because um, I'm all about, you know, practical tips and stuff. Um, if you could leave, I'm just going to throw everybody, everybody the, the floor here. One practical tip that people can apply today, you know, again, about the slow process towards, towards uh, financial freedom. If we're going to throw it to Ms. Dion, ladies first, you know, one practical tip we can give to anybody, whatever your generation, whatever your age, whatever, that somebody can apply today that can make that really surprising difference. What would it be? Absolutely. You said ladies first, and I'm going to say pay yourself. <laughs> okay. First, whether it's 10%, 5%, but every paycheck, pay yourself first. And as Sean would say, you'll you'll adjust. You'll learn to live without. But that little increment every two weeks or every week, every month, however you get paid, can make the world of difference. Especially if the, the younger you start, compounding interest is on your side. Pay yourself first. Nice. Actually, <laughs> really, like in the beginning. Wow, things, here we one... go. She just took mine. Okay. Come on now. Come on, come on, Sean. I'm sure you got pl- the, plenty of one. I'll, I'll go. Let the, I'll let the older, wiser one go next. 
I'll go next one. I'll go next one to give Sean more time to think of an answer. <laughs> he knows me too well. <laughs> I would say that people need to keep in mind wealth and financial freedom are gained through real estate and the stock market. And it's never too early to get involved in those two things. Because at the end of the day, the wealthiest people in this in this country and other countries, they own significant amounts of real estate and they own a significant interest in the stock market in their country. And that's where you're really going to grow the money that you're bringing in. So look into that. I think too many times we act like those things are irrelevant. I think in our community, we focus on the real estate piece, but we ignore the stock market piece. And those two things are very, very important not one more than the other. Okay, writing down, writing down. Okay, good, 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 good. So many gems, so many gems. Okay, now the, the, the spotlight is on him, Mr. Right, Sean. Sean. We've given you a week to, to, to come up with something. And the drum roll is, I would say, I would say um, you choose life, don't let life choose you. Okay. Meaning we all are destined for success and don't be scared of success. Fight for your life that you choose to live because it's waiting there for you if you just go out there and get it. That simple. Simple. Done. Drop the mic. My <laughs> <laughs> drop. My drop. My drop. drop. We need to get a sound effect for that, Sean. You got to get a mic drop sound effect. Like That's what we do, drop. man. That's what we're called. Two black guys a good credit. And every now and then we got the lady with the facts. So we yeah, do. we we got to get a mic drop sound effect. Boom. <laughs> have we awakened? Have we awakened, Olivier? Olivier, oh, have man. we awakened? Have we awakened? Oh man, oh man, the awesome, the awesome is so woken right now. It's amazing. It's Olivier, amazing. You gotta stop letting him tear up your name. It's so funny. It's so weird, but it's so Correct. funny because I don't even get hung up about it. I don't even get hung up about it anymore because sometimes, you know, you fly through the airport and, you know, again, whether you're going through the U.S. or, you know, depending on whether the person is francophone or Canada or whatever, it's like, is it Olivier? The Olivier, no, like, no, dude, no, just no, say no, Oliver, just like, no, no, no. Just, just simplify your life, you know, whatever goes, it's not a problem, like, you know, just let me through. All right, let me tell you, if this, if this interview goes 10 minutes longer, he's going to start calling you Oliver. <laughs> Naturally, that I Guys, wanted, that's what I want to say. But I, I Sorry, fight go to ahead. Say, correct. You know, I fight to get it out there, no. right? So I, 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 you know, naturally, I want to say, you know, Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> no, but, you know, for even no, even close family, it's a lot easier for me. Like, you know, if you're mostly Anglophone, you want to say my name. I just simplify your life and don't even get hung up about it. You want to say Oliver, just say Oliver. You know, just like, you know, if you want to say Olivier or Olivier, it's totally fine. I'm not that hung up about it. Don't worry. Right. All courtesy aside, it's just, you know, it's just great. Don't worry, guys. But you know what? It's been a tremendous honor and a privilege. I can't thank you guys enough uh, for the warmth, uh, the wisdom, the patience, and the all-around genuine awesomeness of being on the show. Um, I can't thank you enough. Again, I'm just really, really, really happy uh, that we might we actually made this happen. It's been a long time coming. So, again, my thanks and hats off to Dion for coordinating everything. And, you know, all of Dion, you guys for just, Dion, like, showing up. For Dion. Dion. <laughs> my absolute I, it, pleasure. It's been, it's, been a tri- it's been a trip. It's been a trip, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, with everything, um, again, I can only wish you a terrific evening. I'll definitely let you guys know. Um, you know when the when the episode goes live, guys. Uh, they are two black guys with good credit, so I'll definitely link all the uh, no, all the necessary information. No. But all tonight we were on, tonight what? we were three black guys with good credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a genuine gentleman. Oh, thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Like that, my brother, but I'm putting you in that category. I hope you live up to the. Oh, I'll earn it. 
I'll earn it. You know, I'll definitely earn it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> with all respects, with all respects and genuine thanks, guys. Thanks you so much. It's been really a privilege and definitely have you guys yourself a terrific evening. And uh, definitely I'll link up all the necessary links into the post the podcast uh, episode. And uh, definitely we'll meet you up on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the iTunes. Give them the yeah. like. They're definitely worth it. It's definitely worth your financial wisdom and freedom. So you, I am your host for the day. And have you guys a terrific evening, right? See you guys at the next episode. Stay Thank awesome. Thank you, Olivier. Thank you, Olivier. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.